I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking of potentially owning, in the process of buying, or even owns their own home. Usually we do a magical sound because, you know, mortgages are magical. But today we are going to be talking about real estate horror stories. Yep. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them. (laughs) There's a lot of them. So many. (laughs) And before we dive into those, though, I want to introduce my special guest for Uh this week's episode. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm so excited. (laughs) This is Anna Brown, and she's a realtor. I'm always saying that I know. Wrong. They had to tell me for the longest time how to pronounce that because I always said realtor, realtor, and it's realtor. Yeah. My friend would correct me all the time. It's it's common. <laughs> so Anna is a realtor with Keller Williams. Yes. And also a very good friend of mine, too. Yes. Yes. Actually, before we tell the horror stories, I think we should tell everyone the story about how we met because I think it's kind of cool or at least our first like interaction interaction. it was a cool story yes for sure so uh leah ended up me and leah were facebook friends and Mm -hmm. uh i didn't know her and all of a sudden she reached out and wanted me to go to one of her lending events but at the time she was on the west coast i was on the east coast so i was like i really appreciate (laughs) you reaching out but i don't live by you but you know hey if you have anyone that's looking to buy over here i'm more than happy to help your customers and if i know anyone over that way i'll send them your way exactly so we can still help each other even though we didn't live on the same coast and it must have been fate because when i moved over to west palm beach and I got my job here. I sat as a loan officer in a real estate office, which happened to be my office. Anna's office. <laughs> so we got to meet in person, and then the friendship just grew from there. And you know, it's more than just lending. You know, we're personal friends. We like to go out and have fun. I'm sure you've seen her dance videos. I've done a few of them mm-hmm. myself. So. You know, it's just a, a good time. And it's great to know when you're working with someone that you can trust as well. So Absolutely. Because it go right, like human beings, we're relational yes. creatures. And yes. it, I feel like as much as you try to compartmentalize business and personal, it's nearly impossible to yeah. do. The two bleed together to some degree. Yeah, for sure. And you have to trust who you're working with. And that's, you know, exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Because if you can't trust who you're working with, you get those horror stories or those scary times and, and things like that. It's better to have people to work with that are more relation based than that, just that transaction. Transactional. And I think today is going to be a really fun episode because obviously without sharing personal details, Anna and I are going to actually share true horror stories uh, from some of our clients or people we've talked to throughout our time in the industry. So these are these are going to be real world yes. things that have happened. Yes, real people. life. Real life. The names have been changed. <laughs> the names, some names and settings have been changed yes. for privacy yes. purposes. So, Anna, why don't you start? Share one of your stories. Sure, sure. With all so, the um, 
back in, you know, 2022 at the height of the market, you know, everything's crazy. Um, I ended up getting a client um, who was moving from the Ocala area down here to Port St. Lucie. And um, before she got connected with me, she had an agent who was only showing her like one to two properties a weekend. Now, mind you, she's driving from Ocala down here and her house is under oh, contract. For anyone that doesn't yeah. know Florida geography, yes, uh, yes. what is the like drive It's distance, probably at least three hours plus okay. each way. And her house is under contract. So, you know, once your house is under contract, you're in that 30 day usually time period of you have to find something and move into it as well. So yours can close. So mm-hmm. the agent she was working with before just wasn't taking it seriously enough and just showing her one here, one there. And I mean, if you know the market in 2022, these houses had multiple offers. There were lines out the door for open houses. So showing her one to two is not going to work because one to two, there might be 20 offers on it. Yeah. You know how it was back then. So I took her over and in the first two weekends, I showed her 20 plus properties each weekend. And we ended up having to submit three offers before even one was accepted. So it's important that the agent knows your timeline, what needs to be done, how quickly it needs to be done, and that the right person can take care of you. And it's just not taking it to one or two because mm-hmm. she would have never found one and she would have been yeah. homeless. Have you actually ever had any anyone be homeless? Pretty close, (laughs) pretty pretty close to actually the time frame. And that's why it's important to to make sure the agent knows your time frame. Also make sure the lender knows your time frame and make sure it's Mm -hmm. the right agent that can actually close in time. Like another one of my stories recently, like you just got to make sure that they know they have to be out of their place by this date and into it by this date. And we can't have any delays. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, I mean, they are legally binding Contracts. contracts. So exactly. You know, if you don't meet a close date, that doesn't mean the seller or the buyer has to extend the contract. No, and then you can lose your escrow money. You You don't want to do that. No one wants to lose money here. Speaking of losing money. Yes. (laughs) I got a good one. Okay. So when I first got into the mortgage business Mm -hmm. almost a decade ago, I was working as a processor for... It's called a joint venture is the technical term, but basically a builder's lender. Anyone listening, if you have built a home or you've gone to see new builds, the the nice model homes, they always have an in-house lender. Of course. Yeah. And to give you that extra money for using them. Mm -hmm. Or they call it extra money. (laughs) They call it extra money. They call it extra money. Yeah. It, you pay for it one way or another because I will exactly. tell you there's nothing in the mortgage world that's free. No. Just shows up in different spots. But anyway, so I was working for a builder's lender. I will not name names as to which builder, but a builder's lender. And builders have what we call quarter ends, mm. especially if they are reporting to Wall Street and they have shareholders and they have profits they got to be in quotas they want to show you always quotas always quotas and this particular builder had quarter ends so month one and two wouldn't be so bad you wouldn't have as many closings right. but that quarter end 
they're just shoving people like that third month that third yeah. month you're closing you're you don't have a choice you're closing i did retail management so i get those quarters mm-hmm. those quarters are not fun and we had a client now this client was doing a new build from out of state And when he got there on the day of closing, now, mind you, he hadn't actually seen the property in person at all up to this point. But when he got there on the day of closing for the final walkthrough, it was a brick house, like the whole house, two stories brick. It was the wrong brick. The wrong brick. The wrong brick. The builder put the wrong brick on the house. On the whole house. The whole house. And it, it was really the builder's fault. Like, the, the buyer could go back and prove that of it was course. the wrong brick. He picked it out. This builder, though, because that big old, like, 100 to 200 page contract you signed has a lot of uh, verbiage in it, not mm-hmm. for your benefit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in there, the builder was able to say, guess what? I know we put the wrong brick, but we don't care that it's the wrong brick. One, we're not going to fix it. And two, by the way, if you don't close today, we're keeping your fifty thousand dollar earnest money deposit. That's a lot of money it's to lose. Lot, it's a lot of money to but lose. No one wants to lose five, let alone fifty. So the buyer ended up closing on the property, but you know, kind of strong, strong armed there. And I think you've had some clients that have had horror story experiences with builders. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize too, is that, you know, at new construction, sometimes they want you to be there without your realtor, but people don't realize that they need their realtor there because the people that are there for the new construction, they're not looking out for your best interest. They're looking out for their best interest. Mm -hmm. So you always need someone there that can look at it, look it over and make sure that your best interests are at heart in that, like you said, what you've chosen or what you've picked is the best way. Because even after people are in their new construction home, there are things that happen. You know what I mean? You should share your, yeah. So I had someone that bought a new construction and, um, I'm the type of relationship type realtor that I stay in touch with my clients once a month afterwards. And she just kept calling me with all these issues. And so I was able to kind of guide her and help her who to talk to, what to do. If you don't have anyone to help you, you have you have nothing. You have no recourse. So I was there to still try to be able to help her. But they had laid her entire floor wrong to where it was all cracked ceramic tile that her poor kids were getting cut. And then when they would try to go fix one, they all just started pop, 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 pop popping up so it's not funny it's not funny but i mean it is now but they they told her they had laid the entire floor wrong so they were going to make her go out leave her home for two weeks her children are in school leave the home for two weeks not only that pay for it (laughs) pay for it and then oh also we got to make sure everything's out of the house so anything in the fridge the freezer like any of your food is gone because It's all going to be outside in the garage. It's not plugged in. Yeah. So luckily I was able to walk her through it and talk to her about things. So we were able to make sure that she got her money ahead of time. So she had that money to go book that Airbnb or VRBO that she needed to for the two weeks and to make sure that they took care of it before the year warranty was up. Because a lot of people don't know if you don't talk Mm -hmm. to them in a certain amount of time, you have no recourse after that. So we were able to make sure that she got it taken care of. And, you know, she ended up selling it 
Could you blame her? But yeah. with that relationship still going, I was able to sell it and help her find something else. So that's awesome. Yeah. So it ended up good at the end, but it can be horror at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's it. Like builders are great, but just because it's a new construction home doesn't mean it's uh, exempt from things going wrong or you being taken advantage of. And it costs nothing to you nothing. as a buyer to have an agent. Nothing. To have someone represent you, to be able to explain the, you know, explain what you're signing, to be able to point you in the right direction. If I can't answer the question, I have a team that can answer it, um, as well as making sure your payments are where you want to be through the lender to make sure that you have your inspection period. I attend all my inspections. Mm -hmm. I know that's something that every agent doesn't do, but I think that's very important for me to know what's going on and to be able to be there firsthand. If my buyer can't be there to explain to them, okay, this is very severe. This, this is okay. We can fix this. Or I have someone, you know, to kind of guide them through that process. Cause a lot of people don't know. So to have an agent be able to walk you step-by-step step through escrow inspection, appraisal, loan commitment. I also have insurance companies I go to and use. So I help you get insurance. And then I'm there at the closing table. So if you had any questions, I'm there through the walkthrough. We just did a walkthrough recently where the water and power were shut off. Oy. And in all my contracts, I have that written in. You have to keep it on for the final walkthrough. So it's important to have a realtor that's concerned and fighting for you through that. And we held some of the seller's money back until the water got turned on to make sure there was nothing wrong because some realtors might just said, oh, well, it's not on. Go to the signing table. Yeah. And then you get the water turned on and what? You got stuff leaking. You know, there's a big pile of stuff here, there, you know, and, mm -hmm. and most people would just be like, okay, we would just want it to close. Go ahead, go sign. No, like you have to have someone there every step of the way and beyond because there's always questions afterwards too that they don't know how to do homestead exemption or you know, they got an insurance bill, but it was paid at closing. Some people would have just double paid it. Yeah. You know, so oh it's very gosh. important. It doesn't cost you any money to use a realtor. We get paid from the seller. We get paid from the builder. So why not have someone in your corner? Yeah. You know, like fighters, they always have a coach in their corner or, you know, someone fighting for them or cheering them on and rooting them on. Like you should have the same thing. I agree. And kind of prevent mm -hmm. some of these horror stories from happening stories. to you. <laughs> like. And one of the things, and I've probably mentioned it in some of the episodes too, but is there's power in a no. There's mm -hmm. power in a no from your lender. There's mm -hmm. power in a no from your agent. So I'm going to share another yes. horror story where a no would have been uh, a much nicer thing for the buyer. So I had gotten this new buyer as a lead. And before I even could reach out to him, uh, the agent goes, oh, by the way, he's under contract already. Huh? And I was like, but I've never spoken to him before. How Wait, is how's he, he under contract? How's he under contract? And the agent's like, well, he had a pre-approval with another lender, but it was expired by months. Oh, so things could change in months in the lending world. Mm -hmm. The agent had put the buyer under contract with an expired pre-approval. Now also, mind you, come to find out that that other lender did not do a thorough job up mm. front. So that other lender did not 
actually get pay stubs and W-2s from the client. They did not get supporting documentation. And, well, like for me, that's not how I do my pre-approvals. No. I'm, I'm sorry. I know it's more work for you guys. I apologize for being a pain in your butt because I know I am, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's the best thing but because you don't want to go under contract and then something happened and you're losing your customer's money because you didn't check everything at first or realize they don't qualify and they're bound to whatever they signed. Like, it's so important. Well, and that's that's where we were at. So I get all the documents and I go through and I was like, Mr. Borrower, uh, you don't qualify for this property. Like mm. not even, not even close. Not hey, not we even, pay a couple things. You can off. work your magic. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, there was there was more like that. Oh, oh, yeah, that's or this. Nice. <laughs> sad, yeah, sad. Uh, nowhere close to being able to qualify. So we do have the conversation of what about a cosigner? We were able to get a cosigner. But then we get all the documents from the cosigner, and the debt to income ratio is mm. awful. So it, it does nothing for it. So now we're 10, 12 days into the contract, and we don't even have a workable loan. Mm. Um, you know, and this buyer ended up losing the property. They lost the money they paid on inspections. Uh-huh. Thankfully, they did not lose their earnest money deposit because there are, at least in the Florida contracts, there's financing contingencies uh-huh. put into place. But again, like that, that's where I go back to. There's power in a, yeah. in a no. Yeah. Had the original loan officer done the due diligence up front with getting documents to say no, had the agent had the... Mm-hmm. willpower to say no i'm, I'm not, not going to do it under contract mm-hmm. with an expired pre-approval we're not going to do that it would have saved the buyer a lot of heartache Ins- inspections aren't cheap either no they are not inspections can run you some money so to you know every time put money up for an inspection and then find out you can't get it how many times could that happen it could happen every time mm-hmm. if you don't have your documents pulled ahead of time exactly and it also doesn't matter, you know, you also have to be upfront with your lender as well and not just get them to approve you to a certain amount because that's the type of property you want. You know what I mean? Because then they're approving you for something and then you wait till the end and get to the closing and you're signing off on that payment amount and you're looking at it and like, I can't afford this. Well, it's too late. Mm-hmm. You're already stuck or you're going to lose your earnest money. Did you know I one time had an agent tell me to put lower homeowners insurance estimates that I sent out to clients because the Mm -hmm. payments were freaking clients out. You can't do that because it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it is what it is. And especially with insurance prices rising, you need to go even a little more and expect more of an insurance Mm -hmm. um, pricing right now, because that's, that's where the market's going at the moment. But, you know, I had a buyer myself who, you know, wanted, oh, she's going to just keep going from lender to lender until she finds someone who's going to approve her for that magic number (laughs) that she wanted. Yep. And then so we get under contract under that magic amount. And what happens? Oh, I don't like how high those payments are. So luckily 
we found that at that out before we started doing inspections and stuff, but that's why it's important not to just go for the highest amount you can on the pre-approval. It's mm -hmm. what are you comfortable paying a month? Because that's very important. You don't want to get this brand new house, put all this money in and then realize I can't afford these payments and then lose the home. Like mm -hmm. that's devastating. Well, and something to keep in mind too. So everyone listening in on this, when you get a mortgage, most of you guys are going to get a fixed rate mortgage, uh -huh. not an adjustable. Your principal and interest is set. What I think a lot of people forget, too, is that your homeowner's insurance and your property taxes are not. Exactly. Those can adjust some. And so I've also seen instances where... You know, someone maybe forgot a homestead exemption yep. or doing other things and property taxes go up or homeowners insurance goes up. But because they wanted a house that was so expensive, it was already being approved at the, you know, the, I mean, the, the tippy tip, the, tip. Tippy tip <laughs> or the, cusp, the very, yes. very cusp of, you know, having money to make this payment. And any little difference, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it can really dramatically change things. And you don't want to just live in your house. You want to be able to do other things, too, and go out and do things. Like, you don't want it so far to where that's all you're doing is paying for your house. Exactly. You know, you want to be able to have a life outside of that or have things for the kids to do. And, you know, you don't want to just be, as we call it, house poor. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be able to do other things. You don't want to just live in that house you bought. Oh, gosh. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But that that's the whole point of kind of working. Well, I call it working backwards. Maybe it's yeah. working forward. But yeah. what payment do you want to be at? And then building it from there. And again, making sure you're working with a lender that you trust that's going to give you actually accurate estimates. Mm -hmm. for things too yeah and also having a lender like leah that will run the numbers like we've done a lot of loans together that people are very conscious of where they want to be mm -hmm. so we make sure when we find the properties that we run them by leah first to make sure that this is a property that's in their price range it's going to be approved no issues it's not right at the top or something could happen if the taxes came higher or the um, insurance comes higher than we think because you know, you don't want that buyer to fall in love with the home and then have to go back and tell them, I'm sorry, but it, it doesn't meet where you want your payments to be. And they're already in love with that home. So it's just easier to run the numbers first. Just look at them ahead of time. It's one little extra step, but it saves so much heartache. I can't tell you how many people, you know, before I started doing this, they would just go look and then you're like, oh, sorry, like... It doesn't work now. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, this buying process, you want them to be happy and fall in love with the home and know that they can actually get that home. Exactly. No one wants to fall in love with the home and then not be able to get it. Like, no. That's so disheartening yeah. to have something like that happen. You know, it was a tough market and it was, you know, it took a lot of, you know, hand holding and helping them because, you know, there for a while it was just losing offer after offer after offer, you know, and just, you know, trying to keep them up that, you know, your property is going to be there. The right one will come, mm -hmm. you know, it's hard enough as it is out there, 
you know, finding something than to have to be able to tell them after you found something that yeah. it's not going to work. Ooh, I got another good okay. horror story. All right. So this one kind of comes down to not just making sure you're picking the right agent or lender for you personally, but also making sure you're truthful, honest, yes, um, and you disclose everything to your lender. Yes. So this horror story, luckily, has a happy ending. Yes. But because she will find out, oh, you can't hide anything. You can't hide anything. You can't hide it. You guys, we pull like background checks that are like hundreds of pages, like. If you got a similar name to Joe Schmo out there, Joe Schmo stuff's going to come up. We got to make sure it's not yours. Don't uh-huh. try to hide anything. It doesn't work. Anyway, this horror story. So, had a client. Uh, he put on his application that he was a W-2 uh-huh. salary employee. <laughs> I've had that. Great. We got the pay stubs. We got the W-2s. The underwriter ran this lovely background check. And we get a condition or a requirement of the loan that says, hey, we're getting an alert that your borrower also owns the business that he is a W-2 employee at. Mm. Fair. There's a lot of business owners that pay themselves a W-2. So I reach out, Mr. Borrower, and he's like, yeah, this is my company. Okay, well, that changes things because now you're self-employed. You're not just W-2. So we have to have business tax returns. We get the business tax returns. The business is operating at a massive loss. Yeah, you you get hit with the loss. So the income drops significantly. Mm. The borrower almost didn't qualify. Actually, in fact, so we were coming up uh, he had filed an extension. This was, I think, back in 2020 was when we were doing okay. the loan. He had filed an extension for 2019. We had to close the loan by October, I think, 14th or 15th, that extension deadline. Because if we had gotten the 2019 tax returns... It would have been a no-go. It would have killed the deal because the loss was so dramatic. So bad. On that, I mean, we were literally like a day away from this man losing, losing his own. everything, everything. Mm. And what what did he say? I didn't think you needed to know. Or changing jobs from a ten ninety nine or a W two to a ten ninety nine. You need to let us know ASAP because that changes everything. Exactly everything. And look. We're not here to make any judgments. That's oh, no. not our place. Our place and our jobs, at, you know, for me specifically as a lender, what I tell clients is I'm like, I'm like the filter. So, mm-hmm. right, I'm the filter between you and the underwriter. So you got to let me know everything. Mm-hmm. That way I can structure your loan and set it up to where the underwriter is going to approve it. Exactly. We're just here to help. You know, we're here to walk you through it and, and to make it not so scarier where something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we just wanted as smooth as a process as possible. And that's the buyer and the lender working hand to hand, the buyer and the realtor, the realtor and the lender. It's just all of us on one big family to make it happen. Exactly. And I think one last horse, 
Well, I'm not going to share a story because I've, I've heard of a few stories, but one last tip I will give everyone is when you are sending any money, whether you are sending your escrow deposit, your final funds to close, or you're buying a house cash, yes, triple check those wiring instructions yes. because wire fraud is a huge thing. Uh, someone called me today to share a story about someone wiring $350,000 <sighs> to someone that wasn't supposed to go to. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, you need to make sure you get it from that title company, you know, directly. You call them and get it directly. Mm -hmm. Don't have your realtor send it to you. Don't have it come from a third party because those emails can be intercepted. So I don't touch wiring instructions at all. It's, that's between you and the title company to get or whoever's doing your closing lawyer escrow company whatever but i don't i don't touch those just for those reasons it's there's too much fraud out there right now too many scams exactly and on that note we're going to wrap up today's episode so want to share with everyone or not really share but we want to hear what you guys want to hear what you guys want to learn about so i want you guys to start emailing me at lending with leah at gmail.com what are you liking? What do you want to learn more about? I want to hear from you guys because that's what I want to talk to or that's who I want to talk to. <laughs> Did you like ours? Did you like our episode? Please. Mm -hmm. Like and subscribe. <laughs> but you guys all know where to find me. Obviously, that's the email. But you can find me on all the social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Lending with Leah. And Anna, where can everyone find you? Um, you can find me um, on Facebook, Anna Brown, pretty easy. Um, <laughs> Anna M. Brown at kw.com. You can find me there, and we'll probably put numbers and stuff up here so ding, you ding, can ding. know how to get a hold of us and make sure you're not one of those next horror stories. Have a great day, everyone. We'll Thank see you, you guys. Again for next week's episode. Bye.